Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Well, it's my privilege this morning to share with you. We haven't met before. My name is Ade. And um, yeah, I'm on team here at London Riverside Church, of course, as you know that. But uh, let's get into the word of the Lord this morning. I've got a thought in my heart that I want to share. I'm not so much preaching today as much as I'm just delivering something that God has been dealing with me uh, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, And so I just want to share that with you. And I believe it's going to move you, change you, and transform you in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me very quickly to the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 6. We're going to read four uh, verses. Chapter 6, verse 14. Second Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 14. And this is what the word of the Lord says. Do not be mismatched with unbelievers. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? What agreement does Christ have with Bial, otherwise known as Satan? Or what does the believer have in common with an unbeliever? And what agreement does God's sanctuary have with idols? For we are the sanctuary of God. As God has said, I will dwell among them, walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch any unclean thing, and I will welcome you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, uh, be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Uh, Quickly going back to verse 16, it says this, I will dwell, excuse me, I will dwell among them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. I will dwell among them, walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Uh, This morning, I want to talk to you from the subject, we owe them. We owe them. Hashtag, belong, walk, dwell. We owe them. Hashtag, belong, walk, dwell. Father God, I thank you because you're in this place right now. I ask you to manifest yourself like never before in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that there will be an open heaven in this place, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to listen in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would do something in this house, that you would move in such a powerful way. Have your way. Change us and transform us. Let us leave this place never the same. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And somebody who believed it said, Amen. Uh, on Monday, I had the wonderful opportunity. It was in my neck of the woods, and so I went for a walk like I do. And as I was going for a walk, I bumped into a gentleman. And when I bumped to him, into him, we began a conversation. We started complaining about the cost of living. Because <sighs> who knows, it is expensive. Amen. We started to have this complaint, this conversation. And before I knew it, 45 minutes later, we had talked about everything. We had solved the problem of the world. We had talked about politics. We had talked about the government. We had talked about our children. We talked about our spouse. We talked about our jobs. And when I began to tell him that I work here at London Riverside Church, he had a smile on his face because he's like, is that in Dagenham? I'm like, yes, it is. It's like, oh, I grew up in Dagenham. I'm like, no way you did because, yes, I went to the school up the road and uh, Sydney Russell and we had a conversation. It was really cool. And because he was kind of from Dagenham, I was like, you know what? This is a gateway to share the gospel message of Jesus. So I went there. You should have been proud of me. I was like, tell me about your faith. I was like, a ninja, let's go. And we had this conversation about his faith. And 20 minutes, so this is an hour and a half in. We're talking about his faith. The conversation comes to an end. And I realize the only reason this gentleman has not given his life to Jesus, 
The only reason he hasn't started a relationship with Jesus is because he hasn't had a genuine encounter with Jesus or with Christians. And so I got home, I was shaking my head, I shared my testimony, you know, I went through the thing, this is my life before Christ, uh, this is my life after Christ, I, I, I did the whole nine yards. And I get home and I'm thinking about it, and I'm paused and I'm just like reflecting on it. And I realized this, that as Christians, as believers, we owe the world an encounter with Jesus. And let me say that again. As Christians, we owe the world an encounter with Jesus. If you're a believer in this place, if you identify with Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you believe that he died on the cross and that three days later he rose again from the dead, if you believe that in him we have the forgiveness of sin and we have life evermore, I want to let you know today that you, including me, we owe the world an encounter with Jesus. We owe it to them. We owe them an encounter with the living God. We owe them an encounter with Jesus. And this is the framework in which the Apostle Paul in our text is kind of speaking. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he makes this statement to the church in Corinthians, or in Corinth and says to them, you are the ambassadors of God. In other words, you owe the world an encounter with Jesus. That you, the Corinthian church, you owe the world this encounter with Jesus. You owe them an encounter with his love, an encounter with his grace, an encounter with his peace, an encounter with his joy. You owe the world an encounter with his power. And while it is true for the Corinthian church back then, I want you to know this morning that it's true for us right here in Dagenham that we we, the people of God, the children of God, the sons and daughters of the Lord, that we owe the world an encounter with Jesus. And the Apostle Paul begins to, if you would, scratch his head. This is the way I kind of see it in my mind. He begins to scratch his head and goes, I, I suggest that the reason you're not able to give the world an effective encounter with Jesus is because you have an issue with personal holiness. That you're mixing things that should not be mixed together. That you're doing things that should not be done as a Christian. And then he throws them five rhetorical questions and says, what is the partnership between righteousness and lawlessness? What is the fellowship between light and darkness? What is the agreement between Christ and Bial or Christ and Satan? What does the believer have in common with the unbeliever. He throws them and says, what agreement does the temple of God, the sanctuary of God, have with idols? And as you can imagine, the answer is nothing. There is no partnership between righteousness and lawlessness. There is no fellowship between light and darkness. There is no agreement between Christ and Satan. Apart from the human experience, there's nothing that joins the believer with the unbeliever. There is no agreement between God's temple and idols. And Paul begins to let us know that our ability to show people an encounter with Jesus is predicated with our personal holiness. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. That our ability to let them know the power of God, to let them know the presence of God, to let them know the touch of heaven is simply based on how holy we are before the Lord, that we have cleaned ourselves up, that we have separated ourselves, that we have turned away from the things that we should turn away from, that there is no thing that should join Christ and witchcraft. There is nothing that should join Christ and the enemy. That what God has done inside of us should show that there is a difference between us and them because that is what enables people People. Sorry, I'm a little bit excited. This is something God has been doing in my heart. There is nothing that is supposed to join us as Christians and them that is in the world. There should be a sense of personal holiness that enables the presence and the power of God to flow in and through our lives. And the reason that this is important is because when it's really said and done, the clear difference between me and an unbeliever is this. God is 
with me. I have met some nice unbelievers. I have met some loving unbelievers. I have met some unbelievers that will give you the shirt off their back. It's not because we're loving people. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. Can I preach this like I feel it? It's not because we're loving people. We do not own the right on love. The thing that makes us different from anyone else is because we carry the very presence of God. Because God's presence resides with us. And because we have his presence, we have his power. And because we have his power, we have his peace. And the only thing that makes us different from anyone else is that God resides in us. He lives in us. We have his presence. And so what I want to do for the next few moments we have together is give us a few tips, a few principles, a few keys that we see in this text that we enable you and I to host and to carry the presence of God everywhere we go so that people can have an encounter with the real Jesus Christ because we owe them an encounter with Jesus. Uh, the first thing you're taking notes, and I hope that you do because world changers and note takers and note takers are world changers, is this. We need to understand that we belong to Jesus. We belong, we belong, we belong. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 says this. I will dwell among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Psalm 100, verse 3, I think it's on the screen. It says this. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are not ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Friends, God wants us, or rather, friends, God belongs to us. God wants to belong to us, and he wants us to belong to him. And if you and I are going to host his presence and carry his presence so that people can have a genuine encounter with God, we need to understand that God, first of all, belongs to us. We need to understand that we belong to him. And we need to live in our lives in a way that demonstrates that we belong to Jesus. And when we talk about belonging, we're, we're talking about this idea of ownership. We're talking about this idea of possession. We're talking about this idea of commitment. In fact, when we say that we belong to someone, we're often we're really talking about our affection and our allegiance is given to that individual. Our affection, our love, our devotion, our allegiance, our loyalty, our dedication, our obedience is given to that particular individual. And this is exactly what God wants from us. You know, about 12 years ago, I got in front of hundreds of people, close friends, my parents' friends, actually my parents' friends, uh, <laughs> family and a few of my friends and we got in this building similar to this and I stood before the Lord and stood before them and I made a decision I committed my life that in sickness and in health for richer or for poor when things are good and when things are bad come hell or high water that I belong to my wife and from that particular point on I swore her my affection and my allegiance to her and nobody else and because she has my affection and my allegiance, there's some things that I cannot do. All the ladies are like, amen. <laughs> there's some things I should not do. Hallelujah. There's some things I dare not do. Because she has my affection and my allegiance. And I've got to be honest with you today. I am very happy with that. Because I am so glad that I belong to her. And every time I look at my hands, I've got these wedding rings on my hands, it is a reminder that I belong to Han Ayoko. 
that I am her property. Now go with me with this. That I belong to her, that my affection, my emotions, the whole thing belongs to her. And it makes me live in a way that lets everybody else know that I belong to her. Just stay with me for a second. If I was doing something stupid and Red saw me, because he knows the ring on my finger and he knows my wife, he looks at me and goes, mate, what is going on? You belong to Han. Are you still with me? This is exactly the image that God has for himself where he says, I want you to belong to me. I want you to swear me your love and your devotion. I want you to swear me your obedience. I want you to swear me your dedication. I want you to swear me your loyalty. I want your affection and your allegiance. There's some things because you belong to Jesus that you cannot do. There's some things because you belong to Jesus that you should not do. There's some things because you belong to Jesus that you dare not do. There's some places that you should just, you should see it and you should run. Oh, come on. (laughs) Because you belong to King Jesus. And if you and I are going to carry the presence of God, if we're going to host the presence of God, if we're going to take it to our workplaces, our homes, our neighborhoods, we need to make sure that we live in a way that demonstrates, catch it, that demonstrates, that shows everybody else that we belong to Jesus. Because we owe the world an encounter with King Jesus. Uh, The second thing is this, not only do we need to understand that we belong to him, we need to walk with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16, we're going to, this is the verse, this is the verse. I will be their God, sorry, I will dwell among them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will dwell among them and walk among them. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 12 says this. I will, this is God speaking, I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. Uh, Friends, I don't know if you realize this, but God actually wants to walk with us. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 tells us that God used to walk in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 5, the Bible tells us that Enoch was walking with God, and then he was no more. And if you look at it, the picture that is kind of painted in this passage of Scripture is this, that God and Enoch used to go for a walk almost all the time. And that one day, God and Enoch had just gone for a stroll in the garden, just talking, just chatting. And God is loving the conversation so much, and God's like, Enoch, let's go home. And vroom, he was no more. Sorry, that's just in my imagination, right? And he just goes and is with him. And when we talk about walking, we're we're really talking about this idea of the guidance and the leading of Holy Spirit. The guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I know that many of us in this room have been walking with the Lord a long time. And I don't want to insult your relationship with Jesus, but I do want to ask a question. Are you currently walking with Jesus today? Let me put it another way. Are you currently following the leadings of Holy Spirit in your life today. Let me throw it another way. Are you doing what God has asked you to do today? Because if we're going to host the very presence of God, we have to walk with the Lord. When we talk about walking, we're talking about keeping the same stride with the Lord. The same stride with the Lord. The same stride with the Lord. We're not ahead of him. We're not behind him. We're keeping the same stride with the Lord. Uh, you, you may not know this about me, but I, I, I love to walk. Uh, walking is one of the things I love to do. 
I, I walk everywhere. Like Tolo was saying before, uh, if you live in London, you walk in places, amen? I, I walk everywhere. You know, I walk in the rain. I walk when there's sunshine. No, there's no sunshine here. Um, I, I, I walk to the shops. I, I walk for exercise. I walk when I'm angry. Oh, God, I walk when I'm angry. Uh, I walk when I'm happy. I walk when I'm delighted. I go for a walk. I walk on my lunch break. It's my form of exercise. I love to walk. And sometimes I go walking with my family. Sometimes. And I've discovered that the best walk with my family happens when we are going in the same direction, at the same speed, to the same location. Right? That is the best walk. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it is amazing. Sometimes we go for a walk, and some people are just way too slow. I'm like, you've got to keep in line, guys. Come on, just... Daddy, you're going... Oh, I just skipped that out. Uh, Daddy, you're going too fast. No, come on. We're going for a walk together. Sometimes we, we, we talk about going to the Starbucks. We're going here. And we all get there in different directions. My wife goes this way and I go... I'm like, we know the way we normally go. Why aren't you going the way we normally go? We go at the same speed. We get there at the same time, but we took a different direction. Sometimes we say we're going somewhere and we kind of, hey, where, where are you? And we end up in a different location. We weren't really walking together. We said we went for... Are you with me? We said we went for a walk, but we're not really walking together. Because if you're walking together, you're going at the same, same pace, same speed. You're going in the same direction. You're going to the same location. In fact, it really speaks of this idea of agreement. Walking with God requires that there is agreement. Walking with God requires that we're going in the same speed as the Lord is going in. Walking with God requires that we're going at the same, to the same direction that God is going in. It requires that we're going to the same location that God is going in. Walking with God requires that there is an agreement. Uh, Amos chapter 3 verse 3 puts it this way. Can two walk together unless they agree? Because ultimately, God's thoughts and God's ways are higher than our ways and our thoughts. And if we're going to host his presence, there's got to be this sense of agreement with what we do. Friends, can I encourage us this morning? If you and I are going to host and carry the very presence of God the way that we need to, that we have to walk with the Lord, that we have to follow his leading, that we have to follow his guidance, that we, we need to kind of move at the same pace that he moves. We need to move in the same direction that he moves. We need to end up in the same location that he's going to. We need to do what he told us to do. There's got to be this sense of agreement when it comes to walking with God. Because when we walk with God correctly, we are able to host his presence. We're able to carry his presence. We're able to give people an encounter with Jesus because you and I owe the world an encounter with King Jesus. If I can please have the band up, that would be fantastic. If you and I are going to carry and host the presence of God in the way that we should so that people can have an encounter with King Jesus, First of all, we need to understand that we belong to him. Secondly, we need to walk with him. And finally today, we need to dwell with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. I will dwell among them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will dwell among them. Psalm 46 verse 10 puts it this way. Be still and know that I am God. God wants us 
to dwell with him. And I know for some of us, when I say that God wants us to dwell with him, what we hear is this, that God wants us to spend time in prayer. For some of us, when I say that let's dwell with the Lord, we hear we need to spend time doing our devotions. For some of us, when we hear that we need to spend time or dwell with the Lord, we hear that we need to uh, do our Bible reading. For some of us, when we hear the term that we need to spend time or dwell with the Lord, we hear that we need to sing praise and worship to the Lord. And while all this stuff are wonderful things and these things help to deepen our relationship with Jesus Christ, ultimately, I think there's a bit more to dwelling with God than that. You see, when I say that I'm dwelling with something, it means that I'm constantly thinking about said thing or I'm constantly talking about said thing. Uh, it means that my focus in my heart and in my mind is on that particular thing. As some of the young people would say things like, it's living in my head rent-free. That thing, that issue, that stuff is, is living in my head rent-free. And I want to suggest to us today that if we're going to dwell with God, that we have to go beyond simply the disciplines of discipleship to actually spending time with the Lord. That at some point we just need to sit in his presence. We need to be still and know that he is Lord. That we need to dwell with him. We need to focus our attention our heart, our mind, our soul on Christ and Christ alone. Then we need to get to a point where we're dwelling with him, where he's living in our mind, if you would, living in our head, if you would, rent-free for a period of time where we're just saying, Lord, I'm here to dwell with you. I'm here to dwell with you. I've got two beautiful children. They're amazing and awesome. And it's my responsibility, it's my responsibility to put them to bed every night. And I'm sure many of you would know this. There's a bit of a bedtime routine, right? So we have dinner, they brush their teeth, they jump in their pajamas. They recently just got some um, dress, coat, um, dress robes, so they're very excited about that. They wear it in winter. And then I go, kids, it's bedtime. And they, <laughs> they're like, I'm like, oh, it's bedtime. And then we go to their rooms and we put them in their bed and you know, because they're so young, I give them a kiss, we do our devotions, we read the Bible, we pray together, and I'm like, daddy's one, I turn up the lights and I leave the room, and you guys know the story, right? Five minutes later, I want some water. I'll show you some water, hallelujah, amen. Oh, daddy, I want some water now. And they come out, they have their water, and they go back to their room, and because they've had some water, you know what's next, right? I, I need to, I need to, I need to wee, Daddy. Oh, you shouldn't have drunk the water. But Daddy, I was thirsty, Daddy, I was thirsty. Go use the bathroom. Go, go, go. And they go use the bathroom to come out. Oh, Daddy, can I have another cuddle, please? Please, Daddy, I love you so much, Daddy. You're the best Daddy in the world. I'm like, oh, I am now. Am I really? <laughs> and they get a cuddle and we put them in bed. And you know how this goes. You, you've all been there before. 20 minutes later, they're finally in bed. Finally. Oof, shah. And there's peace and there's quiet in the Ayoko household. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And my wife and I would sit on the couch. And I would love to tell you that we watch TV and we have a deep, meaningful conversation. Nope. We just, oh, no, we don't sleep. We don't sleep. We just sit there. <laughs> ah, Reg. 
<laughs> we just sit there. We just sit there and we just dwell with each other. We just hang out with each other. Uh, we're not trying to have a conversation and learn new things. We're not trying to have a conversation to grow each other. We're not trying to get something from... Uh, we're not trying to get something from each other. We are just hanging out. We're just dwelling together. And what I've discovered is this, that as long as we're dwelling together, we find ourselves in a place where there's admiration and adoration. Because we're hanging together, we get to this place where there's, if you would, there is respect begins to build. Because we're dwelling together, all of a sudden, we begin to fall in love with each other more than ever before. The more we dwell, the more in love we fall with each other. I want to suggest that the same is true with Jesus. That we need to dwell with him. That we need to come to this place where we're not trying to grow in the Lord. We're not trying to learn something new in Jesus. We're not trying to get something from the Lord. Oh, Lord, I need you to do this in my life. We just need to come to a place where we say, Lord, I've come to dwell with you. I've just come to hang out with you. You're my dad, and I just want to hang out with you right now. I just want to chill. I just want to, just, just, just want to relax in your presence. I just want to be where you are. My kids do it to me sometimes. Sometimes they just come up to me. It's usually the best times ever. They, I'm sitting on the couch. They don't want anything from me. They don't want me to get them any single thing. They just come. They lean in, and they just hang there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is a proud dad moment. And I just get this feeling that sometimes God wants us to do exactly the same, just to nestle in and say, Lord, I'm just here to hang out. I don't want anything in return. All I want is you and you alone. And friends, can I suggest to us that when we do that, we begin to host his presence like never before. We begin to carry his presence like never before. We begin to be so aware of him like never before that we're able to give people an encounter with Jesus so that their lives are never the same again. Friends, can I encourage us this today? Then we to dwell with the Lord because we owe people an encounter with Jesus. I'm drawing to a conclusion. I know it's a very simple message. I know some of us have heard this before. But I just got the stirring in my spirit that we owe people an encounter with Jesus. There are people whose lives are going backwards. And if, let me just be blunt. They're going to hell. They need someone to give them an encounter with Jesus. We owe it to them. And the way that we do that is by hosting and carrying the very presence of God to everywhere that we go. That we live in a way that demonstrates that we belong to King Jesus. That we walk in step with the Lord. That we're doing exactly what the Lord wants us to do every day with our lives. That we're dwelling in His presence. Not just reading the Bible. Not just praying. Not just singing songs. But we're actually dwelling in the presence of the living God. And when we do that, when we sit, when we chill, when we relax, when we dwell with him, and we've been obedient, and we live, our lives demonstrate that we belong, and we're walking in step with him, we can carry his presence with us. And when they see us, they go, there's something different about you. Can you tell me about your Jesus? There's something different about you. I want an encounter with the same Jesus that you've had an encounter with. We need to give people an encounter with Jesus. We owe it to them, and it comes from carrying the presence of the Lord. And how are you going to end this sermon? Really simple. Just three things I really want to quickly do in this place. First thing, with every head bowed and every eyes closed. If you're here and you're watching online, we've been talking about this Jesus. I cannot finish this sermon without giving you an opportunity to encounter Jesus yourself. 
I cannot finish the sermon without giving you an opportunity to say yes to this Jesus that I love so much, who's changed my life and made me different, who's transformed me from the inside out. I, I need you to know this morning, whether here or you're online, that Jesus loves you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to know that the love of God and His grace is scandalous. He would go and meet you wherever you are. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what you have been through. God loves you. He wants to grab you. He wants to hold you. He wants to embrace you. He cares about you and He wants to be in relationship with you. And so I want you to do something bold and something brave if you're here and you say, Ade, I want a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to count to three. If you're home, you can do this as well. All you need to do is put your hand on your heart. But when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand up wherever you are. And I want to just acknowledge the fact that you want a relationship with Jesus. One, is there anybody in this room that says, I want a relationship with Jesus? Oh, I see that hand. Two, is there anybody here that says, I want to start a relationship with Jesus? Three, is there anybody here? Maybe once upon a time you were a follower of Christ, but through circumstances and situations you found yourself away from God. Today is the day of salvation. It's time to come home. Hallelujah. Come on, can we say this prayer together, church? Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. Today, give me a new heart and a new start. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. That's all from us here today and we hope you have an amazing week.